Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now in Masachet Shabbat of Chafchet Amud Bet in the Mishnah about uh, two-thirds of the way down, which is the second half of Mishnah Gimel of the second parak. Now we have a machloka between Rabbi Eliezer and his student Rabbi Akiva about how to judge the status of a piece of fabric that has been folded over for use as a wick but has not yet been singed. Rabbi Eliezer says, Tmeahi, it's still makabal tumah, like a baget, but in madikimba, and you can't use it for a wick. Makiva says the opposite, Torahi, it is no longer a baget, and therefore not makabal tumah. Umadlikimba, and you can use it to light. Now, Bishlamalinyan tumah, I understand their disagreement about tumah. Bahapligid, Rabbi Eliezer, so our kipol in a mobile. Milte kamaita kaima, it's very simple. Rabbi Eliezer says folding, it doesn't mean anything. And it, sta- it has its original status. And if it was three by three, even three by three, it's ba'ot. If it's the proper gar, if it's the proper fabric, then it's still a beged and has its original status. For Bikiva says that folding is an act that changes it, and makes it no longer beged, and now it's tahor. What are they disagreeing about in regards to hadlaka? So we're making an ukimta, establishing that the case about which they're disagreeing is a very specific case. And that is that it is a piece of fabric that's exactly three by three fingers. We're talking about a case where Shabbat, you're planning to light candles, Friday is Yom Tov. And everybody accepts Rabbi Yehuda's rule. <laughs> that you're allowed to use a vessel as a as a wick, but you can't use a broken vessel because it's muktza. Meaning on Yom Tov, Rabbi Yehuda holds from the position of muktza a machloket fully developed with Rabbi Shimon in Masachet Beitzah, but it's already I've already had it alluded to in the first parak. And uh, and the idea is that both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva subscribe to that position. And both of them agree with Ula's later stated position. When you light, you have to have a majority of the wick that's coming out of the nair inflamed before Shabbat. So here's the deal. Rabbi Eliezer, Savar Kippul, and Imawil, he says, again, folding doesn't change anything. It's still a beged. Once you light a little bit of it, Havile Shever Kli. In other words, it was a kli. Folding it didn't change that. And then when you light a little bit, you now have made a shever kli. Chikamadlik, and now when the rest of it, which is needed to be lit as per Ula, lights, b'shever kli kamadlik, you're lighting a shever kli, and on Yom Tov that's a problem. Rebekiva savar kipul mo'il. Rebekiva says that folding changes it. Fentorat kli alav. Chikamadlik, beitz palma kamadlik. It's not a kli anymore. So therefore, when you light a little bit of it, you're not turning it into a shavakli, it's just a piece of uh, flammable fabric, that's all. Literally a piece of wood, but it's not wood. Okay, so now, uh, that is an ukimta uh, that is very limited, because it first of all means that Rabbeleazer and Rabbekiva are both agreeing to positions later uh, explicated, in one case by Rabbekiva's student, Rabbi Yuda, versus another student, Rabbi Shimon, and the other case by Ula much later, uh, and that the case in our Mishnah is a very limited case, and that is when Yom Tov is Friday. Amr of Yosef, Rav Yosef says, 
And Rabbi Yosef says, that's why somebody mentioned three by three exact. I didn't know what he was talking about. And now I understand. Now there's a separate issue. The fact that Ravada Barava just explained our Mishnah as being according to the principle of Rabbi Yehuda's position about Muktzah, that implies that he accepts Rabbi Yehuda's position and holds that way. Since when does he hold that Vamar of Adabarahava? We have him quoted as saying, If a goy were to cut into a piece of wood, a Jew can then use that on Yom Tov and light it. But it's nolad, meaning it's a shever kli. In other words, what's the problem with a, uh, with lighting with a shever kli? It wasn't this before Yom Tov started. It's a new thing on Yom Tov, and you can't use it. It's muktzah. Ravada Barava says, if you have a uh, a uh, kind of, a, let's say, a holder for something made of wood, and a non-Jew comes and cuts into it on Yom Tov, you've made a new thing. And he says, you're allowed to light it, which means he accepts Rabbi Shimon. It doesn't have muktzah. It says, you could use a shevakli. So the answer is, Ravada Barava was simply explaining our Mishnah. He was saying, they hold like Rabbi Yehuda. I don't know like Rabbi Yehuda, but they do, and that's why they said what they did. That's one position in explaining our Mishnah. But of course, as I said, it's very limited, and now brings up this trouble with Ravada Barava. Rava Amari has a different take. Rabbi simply has a position that says you're not allowed to use a wick that isn't pre-singed. Or with shmatas, with rags that aren't pre-singed. Okay, and that's that's the disagreement. But now let's go back, and the one saving grace of Ravada Barava's take is that then Rav Yosef's statement that he had heard suddenly had a place to, to be explained. It was applied to ours. So what would it, what was it about now? It's the following. When we talk about three by three as a general minimal uh, shear of a beged, does that include everything, or does that besides the hem? Rabbi Natan says that it has to be three by three besides the hem. Chamim Rim, exactly three by three. So when they said three, exactly three by three, they weren't talking about this particular case about lighting a nair on Yom Tov, Shechal Yopem Shabbat, but rather a very general statement about what's really the minimal shear. Can it be really three by three, including the hem? And uh, they said it was. Okay, so two different takes. And Rava's take is much more general. and says that Rabbi Leez and Rabbi Kiva simply disagree about whether you're allowed to light a wick that isn't pre-singed. And now we hear a report of that larger machloka between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon about lighting with shivrei kelim. A second piece is that you're allowed to light and use dates. Everybody agrees you can light with dates, which evidently are flammable enough. But if you ate them on Yom Tov, you cannot use those all on Yom Tov. You cannot use their seeds. Rabbi Yehuda, as a corporate Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon Matir again, he allows. Mesikin Begozim, you could use nuts. Achalan and Mesikin Meklibotan. If you ate them, then you can't use their peels, their shells. To Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon Matir. Okay, so we have a uh, three parallel machlokot about Shivrei Kelim. 
Utsricha. Now let's justify them. If we only had the first one about the dates, sorry, about the about the Kli, then Mahikam Rabbiuda, we would say the Rabbiuda says that there, Mishum the Mikar, Kli Shevakli, it's defined as two different things. First it was a chair, and now it's a piece of wood that used to be a leg of a chair. Uh, and it's a totally new thing, Nolad and Yom Tov Yasur. And that's why Rabbi doesn't allow it. Of Altamarim, after all, these seeds that you're lighting with, the date seeds, in the second case, were date seeds before Yom Tov, and the date seeds now. The only difference is you got them out. So, Dami, perhaps he would allow you to use them to light. And the answer is he doesn't. And if you only told us, you can't light with them because they were inaccessible before you ate the date, which means that when Yom Tov started, that you didn't have access to the the uh, seeds, and now you do. How about klipei goes in, but peels or shells of a nut. To mikar migal, ashtamigal, they were exposed before and exposed now. The only difference is they are available because you ate the nut. Ema shapir dami. Remember, Yudu would say they were a shell then, they are a shell now. I saw them before, I saw them now. I can use them to light. Suicha. Therefore, we need Rabbi Yudu to tell us his position that you cannot use that either. Now, important to note that Rav really never made this statement. Rav Yehuda reported in Rav's name because he inferred from something. Rav was sitting in front of his uncle, Rabbi Chia, and he ate, he was eating dates, and he was throwing the seeds into the fire. Rabbi Chia told him, What you're doing now is okay, but if today were Yom Tov, you couldn't do it. Did Rav accept that ruling? So Toshma, the Later on, when Rav came back to his native Bavel, he would eat dates and he would throw the seeds to the animals. My love, Aren't we talking about um, the kind of uh, of um, of dates that come clean and when you have the, when you pull the seed out, there's absolutely no meat on it. And that means he didn't accept what Rabchia said, because they should be muktza. Lo, miyata. We're talking about the kind of dates where the where the seed doesn't come off so cleanly, and there's still some meat on it. Since there's some flesh on it, some date flesh, if you will. Therefore, the seeds are still not muktza. Okay, so that, therefore that would mean that he would he did accept the idea that if there was no date flesh on it, it would be muktza. How can you ever light a candle on Yom Tov? The minute you light a little bit of it, you made a shever kli. And then when you add to the fire, you're touching uh, a uh, an isur. So you can't do any cooking because you can't stoke coals or anything. So the answer is because Avad Karavman and Avad Amarav Eitzim Shnar Shubin Adeka LeTanur B'Yom Tov Marbeitzim Muchanin Vesikan. He talks about an odd case. What happens if wood falls, let's say twigs fall off a tree right into a uh, an oven on Yom Tov? Obviously, you can't use them. So what do you do? You take regular wood that you've set aside before Yom Tov, which is set aside for purposes of cooking on Yom Tov, and you add it into the tanur so that you have a majority of proper wood, and then you can cook. So the same thing here is, since a majority of this ptila is okay, and a majority of these coals are okay, you're fine. Okay, Rav Hamnunah has a third take on our Mishnah. We're talking about 
rag that is smaller than three by three tzfachim. This is one of the lenient rulings of little towels. And we'll see. They're both consistent with their reasoning. Let's say you have a piece of material that's less than three by three tfachim, and they set it aside to, let's say, plug up the drain of a merchatz. Use it as a um, um, cleaning mop, like a mop head, for cleaning out a pot. Or to clean off the mill. Whether or not it was set aside for that, Tamei. It's still Makabal Tuma, because it was set aside for a purpose. Rashua disagrees and says, in either case, it's not a Begin. He splits the difference. If it was set aside for that, then it's Tamei, it's still a, a, a Begin. But if not, then it's Tahor. And now we we can't we can't get to what we need to get to without Rabbi Yochanan's explanation about this. Hakol Modim, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua agree. If you took this thing and threw it into the dung pile, it's tahor. If you put it aside in the box for keeping, everybody agrees it's tameh. The machloket is if you did something in the middle, you hung it up on a hanger, or you put it behind the door, so you're not exactly putting it away for safekeeping, on the other hand, you're not throwing it away. Rabbi Lezer says, since you did not throw it away into the dung heap, you still are maintaining that you're going to use it. And why did you call it Shalomin HaMuchan? Meaning, it's not Muhan as it would be if you put it into its little proper drawer. Yeshua Savar, the opposite. The fact you didn't put it into its proper storage space. You were mevatalit. Why did you call it Muhan? Relative to throwing it in the trash, it's Muhan. Okay, so therefore, that's why it looks in the Mishnah that Rabbi Leezer and Yeshua have this diametric polar machloket. But they're really talking about the same case, which is in the middle. And they're calling, and Rabbi Leezer, for instance, would say, Mina Muchan is in the box, and Shalom Mina Muchan is hanging up, because relative to the trash, it's Shalom Mina Muchan. It's, it's uh, relative to the box, it's Shalom Mina Muchan. And Rabbi Shu would simply move that entire thing over and say that, um, that, um, the, the, the only place where he, the, where, he, where he'll agree that it is Tameh is if you put it in the box, and again, in, uh, it's, it's not Tame if you threw it in the trash, of course, the Rebbe would agree. It's also not Tame if you hang it up, that's called Minamuchan, relative to the trash. Rebbe Kiva says, He simply adopts one position on each side. If you hung it up, he holds like Rebbe Yezer. You didn't throw it away. If you put it behind the door, he holds like Rebbe Yeshua. Well, you didn't put it in the drawer. In the end, Rabbi Kiva accepted Rabbi Shua's position in totem. And the proof is from our Mishnah, because what did Rabbi Kiva say? Tilata Beged um, is Tahor. So my year, Yutani Tilata Beged, why does it say Tilata Beged, Litni Tilata Shel Beged? Why don't they say a wick made of fabric? The answer is that it is still a Beged, and a Tilata made of a Beged. 
All right, the next Mishnah, Mishnah Dalad, Lo Yikoba Dam Shofer Chabaytzav Menor Shem Be'anem Shvil Shetein Manatafet Fendefil Shecheres from Yudam Matir. We have three cases in this Mishnah. The first one is to take like an eggshell or any other sort of kli and to fill it up with oil, put a hole in it, and put it over the nair so that it would be dripping into the nair and feeding more oil into the nair, even if it's not an eggshell, even if it's made of something like pottery. Right? Why is that? Because what we're concerned about is that you're going to, in the middle of Shabbat, you're going to want some oil for your salad dressing or whatever reason. You're going to reach into this eggshell and take some out. Uh, or into the kli and take some out, and then you will be hastening the extinguishing of the candle called gram kibui. Rabbi Yudah's matir, because evidently Rabbi Yudah says, I'm not concerned about that. It's not a reason to make a However, if it was originally formed as one piece, like a very uh, elaborate contraption with a nair and over it, some sort of a holder which you would put oil into it with a drip a hole, then it's okay because it's one kli. The third case is, the second being the single kli, the third case is that you're not allowed to fill up a bowl with oil and put it next to the nair and put the other side of the wick into it so it would soak out oil, sort of the same principle, and review it again as matir. Review it as matir in all three cases, and chachamim oser in case one and three. And again, the Gemara justifies the many cases. If we had the case of the eggshell, there's the word the Rabbanan say was prohibited, because since there's nothing disgusting about it, you don't mind taking oil out of there to use it for eating on Shabbat. When you have something of pottery, it's kind of gross. Maybe they agree with Rabbi Yudah, you're not going to take anything out. And therefore, there's no reason he goes there. And now we do a flip tzrichuta. V'yashvin and shalcheres, if we only had the cheres case, we'd say, v'hakam rabiyuda. Maybe that's the place where Rabbi says it's not a problem. But in a case of an eggshell, maybe he would agree with Rabbanan that there's nothing dirty about the uh, oil, and you might use it, and I agree to make the gzerah, and therefore we need Rabbi opinion stated in both cases. V'yashvin and hanachtarti, if I had both these cases, panikam rabiyuda mishum dolo mifsik. Maybe that's where Rabbi says it's not a problem, because... They are uh, sort of connected to the nair. When you have a separate bowl, in the third case, to Mifsaka, it's separate and disconnected. Maybe he agrees with our button. He got a bowl of oil there. And if we only had that case, we'd have to say, and again, a flipped. That's the case where Rabbanan said, it's Asur, because it's separate. But in the first two cases, which is the eggshell and the cheres, they would agree with Rabbi Yehuda. Therefore, we need all these cases. Now, the Mishnah said, We have a brighter that says, not only if the artisan made it originally as one piece, but even if you just put it together with some plaster and connected this uh, eggshell or whatever it is above the nair, it's okay. But our Mishnah said, the artisan. The answer is my yotzer, kein yotzer. It doesn't have to be an artisan. It can be an amateur job at home as long as it's done <coughs> with some uh, real connection and not just uh, placed above it. Tanya, I'm Rebuta. Here we have a story. Rebuta tried to promote his position, his lenient position. So one time we spent Shabbat in the famous loft of Beit Nitzah, where many important decrees were made in Lod. This is after the, during the Hadrianic persecutions, when they had to do a lot of hiding out 
uh, from the Romans when teaching. We did exactly that. We had this eggshell. We filled it with oil. We put it above the net. We put it, made a hole in it. We filled it with oil and we put it above the nair. My teacher Ritarfon and the other elders were there. They didn't say anything about it. So evidently it's mutar. So Amrulo Misham Raya, that doesn't prove anything. Up there, the people are very observant. They're great scholars. And therefore, they were not concerned that anybody would take oil from it because they'd be watching each other. Just like we had at the end of the first parak with the Korban Pesach, or with the Kohanim. Alright, so that's the story that happened. As a result of that, Rebuta had the position that it was Mutar. So what happens as a result? Abin Sipora, this guy Abin from Tsipor, Tsipori. Galar Safsala Belita the Shisha He was in some sort of a uh, a place that had a marble floor, and he dragged the bench across the marble floor in the presence of Rabbi Yitzchak ben Elazar. Amrle, he said, If I don't say anything to you, protesting this, as the colleagues did with Rabbi Yehuda, we're going to end up with something very bad information coming out. And you're and and people, you're going to start promoting the idea that you could do that anywhere. Therefore, I'm going to prohibit dragging it on a marble floor, which where it certainly cannot make a ditch, as a precaution against dragging it anywhere. So you see that the story through Yehuda had a big impact. Reish Kanishta the Batsra, so the head of the Knesset in Batsra, Garaisaf Salah Elam Rabbi Yirmiya Rabba. This is in Bavel. And again, he dragged a bench in the presence of Rabbi Yirmiyah. We already saw this in the beginning of our parak. Rabbi Shimon says, uh, We'll say the quote in a minute. Rabbi Shimon only said you could drag it when it's a big bench, which <coughs> you can't pick up to the left sharp. When you have a little chair, did he say you're allowed to drag it? You have to pick it up. Is it odds with Ula? That the Machlok of Yudah Shimon is dafka about small things. Where Rabbi Shimon says, even though it's small, you can drag it. Rabbi Yudah says, pick it up. This is interesting. Rabbi Yudah would say, if it's a big bench, you're allowed to drag it because you can't pick it up. Rabbi Yosef challenges both these. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Gura Adam Mita, that's the original quote. You can slap a bed, a chair, and a bench. As long as you don't intend to make a ditch. And that's the Varshin of Kavain. So, you see that Rabbi Shimon mentions a big thing like a bed and a small thing like a chair. And in both cases, Rabbi Yoda disagrees, which means their machlokat is across the board. So, we have a challenge to both Ula and Rabbi Yomir Rabba. So, Ula Mitarts the Tameh, Rabbi Yomir Rabba Mitarts the Tameh. Each could answer this quote to support their position. Ula Mitarts the Tameh, Mitad Dimad Dumyadikisei. He said when Rabbi Shimon mentioned a bed, he meant a bed like a chair, meaning a small one. <clears throat> and that's where Rabbi Yudah disagrees, but if it's a big one, he'll agree. Rabbi He'll just do the opposite and say the bed is the model, and the chair must be a big chair like a bed. And that's where, where Rabbi Shimon is matir. <clears throat> so Metiv Rabba, Rabba challenges that ruling. Rabbi Yirmi Rabba's ruling says, Mochrik Sut, this is Mishnah at the end of Kilayim about Shatnas. People who sell garments. Mochrin Kedarkan, they could sell garments the regular way, which is to walk around by wearing them. As long as they don't intend to get benefit from it during the season. So if it's something very light to get benefit during the, the 
during the hot season that they're having this thing keep them comfortable, and during the winter that it's keeping them warm. In other words, the Rashi Mitkaven, and this is clearly Rabbi Shimon's position. But those the people who are very pious, instead pick it up and hold it on a stick above their heads and don't wear them. Now, so here you see these are ketanim, basically, because you could carry them. So that's like a little chair. says you could carry them. The answer you could wear them. The answer is Rabba has been refuted. And therefore, we accept Ula's position at least that um, Rabbi Shimon certainly was matir in the case of um, of Ketanim also. The question is whether Rabbi Huda also be matir in the case of Gdolim. That's unclear, but certainly, uh, certainly we can we can take it that far. That Rabbi Meraba's position has been refuted. Okay, we are going to uh, continue more investigations of Alachot of Ner Shabbat in the next Mishnah. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.